0: so welcome back on the podcast even though it's not my location mr stas how are you mate really good good thanks mark thanks for having me again mate looking forward to it yeah massively so um so obviously last time we were kind of just talking shop talking about our philosophies of life and all that sort of stuff this time we have got the centerpiece the talking point your book the hard road will take you home what's it like to be a published author mate
1: hashtag author i've not (laughs) i've not (laughs) i've yet to update my instagram bio so it's not official yet um It's, it's weird, mate. I think the whole process was was crazy, really. I guess um, if we look at it as a, in, in its entirety as a book and everything else, I'm, I'm not going to stand here and, and sort of claim that, you know, I'm an author and I've r- wrote a book because I didn't. The information was extrapolated, mm. probably painfully so, <laughs> for Matt Allen, the ghostwriter, mm. uh, over many, many hours of, of chats and talking, and mm. this goes back probably... Well over two years, I'd say, in kind of the the, the development, the making, the kind of thought processes. And during COVID as well, I remember being sat up in this room in Through Dark headquarters in the think tank here and, you know, just Zoom chat with Matt and phone calls. And it was just Mm. from the beginning, tell me everything. And he would then be sort of interrogating on, on more sort of specific um, areas and bits and pieces. So I'm, I forget, I'm not going to stand here and say I'm an author and I've written a book mm. because I, I feel like I haven't wrote a book. If that mm. makes sense, I just feel like I've had some amazing conversations with an extremely talented ghostwriter in Matt Allen, who's managed to put my
0: thoughts and and experiences into uh, into a book. Mm. I mean, from my perspective, I wouldn't have known. Like, it reads really well. It reads as if like when I read it, uh, it was. I was reading it in your voice. Like, I've I've always communicated that, so it's gone really well. Yeah,
1: Mm. that was really important to me. And I Mm. think that's probably where I was a bit of a stickler with Matt. Mm. Um, And he got that as well. At the beginning of the process, I said, look, I... It, it's difficult. I don't want the book to not represent me or my thoughts or anything that I've done. Mm. Um, but it needs to sound authentic and it needs to sound like me because I think we all do that. Is that mm. I thought it was just me. When you read a book, you generally read it. <laughs> I read Goggins' last book, Asgoggins. <laughs> yeah. it,
0: you don't know, it it know like, me, son. <laughs> yeah. And I was there shouting yeah. it in bed. So I was like, fuck it. But,
1: <laughs> I'm the same. I am the same. And there were some things in there that there were really small details, but I knew if somebody that knows me would have mm. read that and said, fucking Stas doesn't say that. That's mm. not a, a Stasism or it's not some a, a word that I use. Mm. And thankfully, yeah. you know, I owe a lot of, a debt of gratitude to George Nix here from, from... I'm pointing up there. He's not actually here. He's over in Italy at the minute on the Italian yeah, I was job. To him
0: earlier because I fucked my order up. <laughs> I was like, sorry, yeah. George. <laughs> yeah.
1: He's in Italy picking, yeah. picking some of our uh, military ghost range up. And, mm. you know, George... Um, He's very intelligent, you know, and a, a personal close friend. And its he was one of those per- people that I kind of went to, cap kind of in hand, with when we had the, the manuscript uh, sort of drafted and first written. And I was like, George, can you just cast your eyes over this music mm. and just tell me what your thoughts are and just be ruthless. Mm. Be to- totally honest, transparent with me. I don't want you to sort of skirt around anything. If it's shit, tell me. Mm. doesn't make sense. Tell me. But also importantly, back to your point, does it sound like me? Mm. And there were points there, he was like, it doesn't sound like you. And I was like, yeah, me too. And mm. so <clears throat> that happens quite a lot through the process. Like a Matt would come back, he, we would have those conversations, those three hour conversations, he would come back and here's the next few chapters. The next, uh, I would read it, go through it, fine tooth code, making sure all the detail was correct. And probably frustratingly for him mm. and for other people, it, even though I'd, t- I'd be like, I've told you like, last that's, that's not how it happened. That's mm. not what happened or Bang. that's not what we, what we do or how we do it. And, for the most part you know 99% of the of the of the readers or listeners wouldn't know but mm. people that know know mm. and then it's credibility out the window so yeah. um, that process takes time and it takes a high level of um attention to detail you know from myself and from other people as well so george helped out tremendously with that stuff as well and then i'd pass mm. it to louis you know the other co-founder through dark mm. get his take on it and a few other people as well that i kind of trusted trusted opinions uh, yeah so trust and verify
0: yeah yeah and it definitely shines through and um i was actually chatting with the creative the other day as well and how rare that is is a skill set you know to have the confidence and conviction to keep pushing back for alterations um because a lesser person might have been like, oh, you know what? Like, I don't want to cause a fuss yet. Fine, let's run with that. And obviously you're going to be accountable for the end product. And people will be like, well, this is shit. It doesn't sound like you. It's not realistic. All that sort of stuff. Yeah. So it speaks volumes to, you know, what is in the book. And obviously I've been for it a couple of times. As I said, that's my own copy. The signed one. So I avoided fucking scribbling all over it and, and annotating and stuff. But I'd love to go through some of the stuff in it. What I particularly liked uh, from a high condor perspective is it's not just like spinning dits about you know, this one time when I was in, you know, whatever. Um, it's implementable kind of strategies and then tactics that one can utilize to get further ahead Training, personal fucking standards, business, all that sort of stuff. And that's what I really liked about it. So I've gone through to kind of um, just talk about some of these points and elucidate it, either for people who have read it or people who are yet to read it. I think it could be really valuable.
1: Yeah, thanks, mate. It's, uh, I'm yeah, excited to get, get into that and, and also hear yeah, your take on it as well. Mm. So, again, it's a trusted opinion. So I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm intrigued to sort of uh, have your kind of input and, and um, expertise and uh, mm. I guess questioning as <laughs> well. But it's important that I think, you know, to, uh, to what you just mentioned or touched on there is it's not just about, you know, the And I love, you know, the the other books, I've used them as well, motivational books or, Mm. um, you know, things that look into positivity and everything. And they're amazing. They're wicked in their own space. And, Mm. you know, a lot of the guys, my immediate sort of touch points, Anne, Foxy, Billy, you know, Ollie, Mm. Jay, they've written amazing books and they've kind of carved their own paths in each of their own sort of field, mm. you know, and, and had to sort their of head above the parapet way before I did and deserve recognition for mm. that. And, and, you know, kind of set the tone and, and open the floodgates for everybody else that wants to move into this world. And the reason I wrote a book as well was when I was kind of going through that process of, you know, failed footballer, moving out, just finishing um, college and then was like, what the fuck am I gonna do? I put all my eggs in that basket. I then went and worked in a local council-run gym. I'm a gym instructor. You know, um, a two-week course probably. I said gym instructor. <laughs> <laughs> a two-week course. I can't remember how long it was. But I was a personal trainer. I was working there for a couple of years, and I wasn't that academic in school, and books didn't fucking really light my fire. Mm. So, but when I left, I started actually getting into more books that I wanted to read. It was mm. autobiographical uh, autobiography books. Um, and then it was uh, military books, history mm. books, and then Special Forces books, Andy McNabb, all Brand, these things. to stuff. Zero, that's sort all of good stuff. That yeah. just set the tone for me. And it also probably planted a seed. It, well, it absolutely definitely did plant a seed. So those things for me were like a, a massive precursor for me joining the military and then Special Forces as well. So... Mm. Hopefully, the book can inspire people not just to, to join the military, but look at themselves, internalize their thoughts, feelings, actions, how they go about their daily business, mm-hmm. and how um, these little tactics and procedures and things that I've got in there, what it, the teachings and all the things that I've learned, mm-hmm. can hopefully—it's not going to be all of it, is it? Because you know, there's times you read books and you go, "I just—I don't need that. Mm-hmm. That doesn't apply. Oh, that's a, that's golden. I'll take a little bit of that and take mm-hmm. a little bit of that." So. And for me, that's what I was trying to do with my book try and be, you know, sort of set my own path. I wanted to t- integrate my personal story somewhat, but not be an autobiography. Mm. But the only points in terms of my personal life and integration into the book was what did I learn? There's a mm. point where I've learned something personally. Something that I've learned professionally, you know, in, in the military, and then something I've learned professionally also in business, mm. and kind of how how do I apply those kind of learnings mm. and teachings, and and that's intertwined with a a life story, a mm. military story, and then a business story as well mm. to try and set that tone and, and the idea um, mm. as well to people. So that's a kind of theory behind everything, and, and what that's trying to the do. most
0: valuable element of it because. Uh, I'm a huge advocate for learning the right lesson because someone could go through similar experiences to you but have learned a different lesson so they take a very different trajectory and arguably wouldn't have been such a successful one. And I'm, again, a huge advocate for better questions are often the answers you need. So Mm -hmm. it just inspires you to ask better questions um, of yourself and then subsequently hopefully get better results. And that kind of leads me on to the first element. You know, in the first uh, sort of big chunk of the book is obviously battle prep. Mm -hmm. You know, preparing yourself for whatever endeavour it is, you know, for the majority of people listening to this, it probably is going to be starting a business or leaning into um, new elements of business, whether it's making key hires or launching a new product or, you know, just really fucking going for it. Um, talk to me a little bit about battle prep, like what is the level of importance of that for you, even when you started through dark, what was the level of importance of it?
1: Yeah, so battle prep um, is a military-ism, mm-hmm. it's something that I sort of learned in the military, I'd never heard of it before I joined the military, but we all do it day to day, it's just a different terminology for what most people do day to day anyway it's preparation it's mm. kind of what am I doing day to day that's going to allow me to achieve my goal short, medium and long term mm. and an example for that in the military terms would be okay battle preparation battle mm. prep what do I need to do first of all what's the mission mm. okay what do what's the objective and then what do we do what do I need to do personally but then what do we need to do as a group collectively to enable mission success mm. and then you break everything down everything it's not just thinking about okay target over there get the guys together guns let's go assault that position you Mm -hmm. know there's so much levels of detail that go into every element of that as well and then you look at even if we zoom out of there as well and we start looking at geopolitically what's happening and we're in the right place and at the right time and Mm -hmm. all those kind of things that you can then start thinking higher level higher level what, what about this and what effect will that have and then if you break each part of these down as uh, elements down into its individual point, you know you can then really start getting the information that you need. You talk about extrapolating information, mm. and then you can start using it to your benefit. Okay, what about this? What does that mean? And how can I add value here? And my personal stuff. What do I need to do? How do I how do I prepare myself mentally for what I'm about to do, and also physically? And then you break each bit of that down as well. And and then it just branches off into all these different kind of different compartments and different avenues. And I think for me, in short, that's what battle prep is about. It's mm. not just about, oh, I'm going to the gym, how do I prepare to go to the gym? Mm. Or I'm starting a business, how do I start a business? Actually, th- they're both very big things. Mm. And it's about goal setting. It's about what's the what, what are you aiming towards? What's the aim? Okay, now working back, how much time have I got? And there's a lot of other factors that, that affect you know um, everything from a mission to going to the gym to starting a business it's Mm. how long have I got how much money have I got how many people have I got Mm. you know all these kind of details and you break everything down again in more detail more detail and that was one of the transferable that was you know one of the transferable skills I guess for me and Louis leaving the military we just Mm. sat at it like a military operation it was whiteboard writing everything down looking at you I'm pointing towards your notepad that's in front of us exactly like that it was kind of Center mission and then all the break-off points and what Mm. does that mean and then before you know it There's so many little rabbit holes that you're down, but they need they need investigating They Mm. need unearthing you need to lift the stone upon that have a look at that. What does that mean? What if we don't do that Mm. and then you start building this picture? It's like fucking building a house. It's brick by brick Mm. by brick by brick before you know it, after a while you then you've got what should be assembling a a house or, or or whatever you're sort of building so for me Personally, I could look at myself, individual, fitness, mental health, how I approach things, and then it would be Business, well, what, what am I trying to do? What is the business? Mm. You know, and it, it could be anything. Oh, I want to start a tattoo. I think I used the, the the example there in the book about a tattoo studio. I'm starting a tattoo, tattoo studio. Yeah. Okay, where is it? What's the competition? How big is the studio? How many staff are there? How much is it going to cost me the rent all the rates? How am I going to advertise? How, you know, all this kind of stuff that you look into, or you should look into before, and it's preparation. It's battle prep. Before I commit mm. both cash and cognitive load into this, is it even achievable, mm. you know, you know, I want to set up a, a tattoo studio, but it's, I can wear it down on the South coast, but it's going to be in the middle of two of the tattoo studios. It's kind of like, well, come on, you know, think mm. about it. You know, yes, you're going to have people looking for tattoos in that area, but pound a pinch of shit. They're not going to come to you <laughs> just because you're in the middle of the others, you know? Mm. So, and that's just a really basic, quick example of, of battle prep. But mm. it's, th- 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 when we set up through dark, it was all about prep and it was two, two, the extent that you currently know. And if you don't know something, that's when, again, I think it mentions in the book about leaning in on experience for other people. Like, I'm not too ashamed to fucking put my hands up and it happens quite quite often. You know, I'll be the stupid guy in the room. Sorry, stop, what do you mean? How do we do that? Well, if we, it's not enough Brain power in here right now to kind of achieve what we want to do. Then, how how do we make this happen? And mm. who's got a solution to stuff? And, that, and we talk about it in the book as well about always listening to other people's advice as well. And that's what the special forces are very good at. You know, they're very good at having the experience in the room, but also leaning in even to the new guys because mm. you need that fresh look as well and eyes
0: onto, onto problems as well. And with that, like, because that's the the level of preparation we'd aspire for most people to have, and we refer to it as just stacking the deck in your favor. Yeah. How do you prevent that from becoming paralysis by analysis? Because obviously in the military, like, to an extent, you would not have had that much of a say. Like that needs completed. Fucking figure out how you're going to do it with the business. It's very, very easy to look at all of the variables and the market analysis and be like, "Oh, I'm not. I'm not really sure." With well, actually the missing ingredient is hard work and fucking self belief. So how do you how do you like um, span that chasm? It's the very first chapter in the book, and it's called "Leap of Faith." Mm.
1: You do all the planning, all the preparation. There's a point, a tipping point, where you have to take a leap of faith. It's mm. like walking into the gym for the first day. You, know, you mm. can think about the gym. You want to be fit. You know you're doing it for the right reasons. You have everything prepped mentally, physically. Your bags are packed. and Your water th- fucking bottle's full. At some point, you've got to walk through the door. You have to walk through the door into the gym and expose yourself to a new environment and to being uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And I think the first chapter for me, leap of faith, is actually you know metaphorically taking a leap of faith but for me it was actually leap of faith jumping out of the back of a you know a C one 130 platform at night you know as a part of a military operational parachute jump and mm. and you know so if you don't get to that point and you can turn around at any stage and say it's not for me and i, I don't want my wings or i don't want to jump no. that's fine you know that's that's the decision you can make but if you want to take that leap of faith and if you ultimately do take that leap
0: of faith, what's on the other side of that is Mm. just growth and Mm. and it's all net positive for me. Yeah, that's the, the key thing. is that It's on the other side of what is going to be pretty pretty intimidating at first. And then that leads me on to the concept of red cell analysis. So obviously that's hyper-specific to the world that you're operating in, but it's fucking beautiful. I've seen it called different things, but probably not explained as well. So for those listening, like, just talk to me about a red cell analysis, what it is and the value of doing it. Yeah, so red cell analysis. I mean,
1: I've been doing this, and we all do this again in our own lives. It's just highlighting that fact about security and around being aware of your surroundings and what you're doing and why you're doing it, and it's around... Sort of uh, an example was a military example is we're going into a safe house when an unknown environment or a hostile environment we have to go up set up a house that we're going to occupy for a set amount of time with that, obviously, we're in, generally speaking, in a, in a bad place, in a, in a naughty place of the world. So we can't just assume that the neighbors are friendly. So we have to walk in, all, everything, un, you know, there's different methods and means without going into too much detail into getting into areas and safe houses. But once you're in there, the primary objective is security because you can't sleep at night until you know that you're secure. Mm-hmm. So, and that covers everything from basic, you know, um, ingress, egress, doors, bolt-in, locking, cages, where your weapon systems are, where resupplies are, where medical stuff is, where the vehicles are kept, you know, how are you going to get out, is there emergency demolitions to get me out somewhere else, is there ladders where I can get down, can I get up to the roof, you know, how many different options do I have here, what are the communication lines, are we relying on local um, communication lines or mm. internet blah, 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 or can I have standalone systems that I don't need to rely on I can have satcom all that kind of stuff mm. cash money I know where I'm going if it absolutely goes terribly <laughs> and we're all you know you're kind of um, running for the border yeah, yeah. you go over the border all that kind of stuff and, and do you have other things set up if their there vehicles stowed and cased elsewhere with you know money all that kind of stuff that you layer on very quickly and that you start thinking about and it's not it's not tin hat sort of you know end of the world but there is elements of that because it only t- i think i read a report it takes i think three days and we we actually felt this and witnessed this in um lockdown mm. It's not long, is it, before the mentalists are running around Aldi trying to get all the toilet paper. Getting
0: on the bog roll and making banana bread. It doesn't take long, though, does it? Because
1: as soon as... I think it is three three to five days that if if something fails Mm. in the system, like food, Mm. a basic necessity for everybody and for everybody goes to panic mode it's mm. fucking the shimuli goes up you're at 10,000 feet and you're going if i can't feed my family i've failed shit mm. you know and then you get all the levels then that, mm. uh, of debauchery and people fucking running around doing all sorts of shenanigans and madness but to that point what have you actually got in your garage do you have water do you have food mm. can you sustain yourself what if the heating goes off do you have gas mm. do you have spare fuel do you have all these le- all these different things and yes you can go too far with it you know you mm. can, you, air raid shelters and the zombie apocalypse and mm. you know our, our friends across the water are really good at this you yeah, know they're like fucking another, have yeah. an armoury like 10,000 rounds of 9 mil in the basement yeah, just they, in case yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they'll, they'll have tanks and, and aircraft carriers and all sorts but um, and you're limited to your imagination really but there are books on this and survival and Ollie has brought a, a brilliant book around this and survival and and some of the basic things that you should have Mm. set as an individual especially if you've got family and kids and people that rely on your little ones so Mm. there's basic things that you should have set up so that for me is red cell analysis we also did it in a corporate environment so companies will bring you in and ask you to do a red cell analysis on their current structures and that could be digital and physical. So digital would be check our systems, uh, IT, how quickly, how easily can you ingress into our buildings using fobs, using passes um, through the Wi-Fi, all this kind of stuff. And then also physically, can you get into the building and what Mm. can you extract and everything else? And uh, there's there's a couple of, well, there's one story in there with... I really enjoy that story. I I can't (laughs) name the brand, but (laughs) um, they're a big fucking brand. Um, So yeah, but but it's
0: interesting, you know, Mm. to to do that kind of stuff. Uh, And that was, in short, red cell analysis. Yeah, it's fascinating stuff, mate. And then that kind of leads me on to... In that red tail analysis you probably would have that's i'm assuming where you unearthed the underdog advantage and being like right we are definitely punching way 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 above our, our, our fucking weight but now we're going to use that to our advantage because we're going to build a fucking intelligence profile and we're going to use that to our favor we're going to work on the information that we've got how would you now adjust because you know if i if i go back five six years i can't remember how long it was maybe five years ago i remember buying like one of the original fucking hoodies from you guys and i've still got it this day it's beat to shit but i've still got it this day It's still going strong and you know you guys were really new like emerging on the, on, on the industry and it was incredible like if you saw someone else with with fruit arc on you like you'd give them a wink like that he fucking knows yeah. and now it's, it's a powerhouse it's a phenom and rightly so how have you evolved from going from being the underdog and almost having that chip on your shoulder to then you know having to change uh, towards right now we are actually recognised now we are a bit of a powerhouse now we do have firepower how have you evolved with that to avoid any kind of complacency yeah good question
1: I think um, everybody loves an underdog don't they mm. whether it's sport or whatever and, and, and there's a lot of power in it and it is a thing because it's been a thing and been made a thing and people have shown that mm. actually when they the kind of The odds are stacked against you that you can rise to that level and Mm. you can compete, you know, as long as you are passionate and you are, you know, you have the bit between your teeth and you know that you're traveling in the direction that you want and should to be should be travelling to in and it's true to you and your cause, I think why not? It gives you that added extra sort of oomph. It gives you a little bit of fire in your belly, it makes Mm. you go, Yeah, we can fucking do this, we'll prove people wrong. Mm. And I I use that. On selection, you know, I'm small. You know, I'm not the biggest guy. I'm not the fittest, the strongest guy, or anything like that. By any stretch of the imagination. But I remember, look, turning up day one and uh, on the selection process in Wales, 240 people looking left and right, and there's some man mountains on there. There's some imposing people, people that have been in the, you know, in their respective units for a long time. They're well decorated and they're experienced soldiers, you know. And but it's a leveler. It's an mm. opportunity to fucking be level. Mm. And there's nothing that you can bring on selection from medals to experience, to stripes, to rank, all this kind of stuff. You can't say, well, I'm a sergeant, I can No, 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 it's Mm -hmm. fucking selection. You've got to get from point A to point B, carrying the same as him and him Mm -hmm. in this time period. Like fucking do your boot laces up and go. Mm -hmm. And I love that. I love that opportunity that you get to really try and push yourself and test yourself in that environment. And mm. that was that underdog. So I, I love that feeling of going, fuck, it actually doesn't matter. Mm. I can, I've can, got an opportunity to prove that I can do this and I fucking be- deserve to be here. And there's an element of that in the, in the business, in the outdoor mm. world. Me and Louie are like, do you know what? We, we fucking deserve to be here. You mm. know, there's a lot of these big brands out there. and Yeah, all right. They've got some all right stuff here. and But do you know what? We, we deserve a shot at this. Mm. And we've got authenticity. We're credible. We've got great story, great um, background. We know good kit. We know what works and what doesn't. We we spent our fucking whole lives outside and, and, and being surrounded by adversity and everything else. So let's do that. Mm-hmm. Let's take that same mentality through into into the business world as well. And and staying true to it as well and not mm. breaking and at the first sign of, of of pain or suffering or things that don't that don't go right and mm. you see it in life fucking people as soon as something doesn't go oh, fuck like this a, i like can't do it soggy Kit Kat, yeah <laughs> i've just started this training routine and i'm two weeks in and i pulled my hamstring fuck it you know it's not mm. for me and you know and i didn't want to do it anyway and it happens on selection these people come up and if you ask them at the start, of the selection is there. There for the right reason. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to pass this. Mm. You get so many weeks through, and it might be day three, it might be hour three, it might be week three, mm. and at varying stages, the the element of doubt kicks in with people. Mm. And as soon as something happens that's not on their fucking on their on their planner, mm. i.e. a twisted sock or fucking whatever's happened, uh, something at home's happened. Mm. And that excuse that they use, they can feed on
0: that and then go right. That's me. I'm out for yeah, these reasons. They've, they've, they've practiced that fucking they've excuse in their head. And yeah. uh, I had uh, obviously a mutual friend of ours, Lloyd Cooper, the Yorkshire Grip on the pod. A couple Fantastic months, individual, uh, absolute fucking legend. Shout out to Lloyd. But yeah, we were talking about how he just fucking used to uh, destroy a black belt in competition because I, I wouldn't. I wasn't the most physical, wasn't the strongest, but I would just put them under pressure. I feel their soul break because they had that. They had like right. This is my course of action, and it's going to work. And the enemy gets a vote and he'd throw the spanner in the works. And then they'd fucking shit the bed, panic, go limp. And he's like, well, now you're fucked. Like, now you really are in trouble. We say all the time in the program is like, remember, we are the hard to kill, we're not the weakest piss. Like, things are going to go wrong. And it's how you respond to that. So I really really like that point because things are going to go wrong you're going to face challenges and I'm very outspoken that I think rightly or wrongly business is the number one self-development course in the fucking world like Absolutely, it challenges you on, that, on the daily yeah. uh, in ways in which you don't even see it coming no matter how hard you try like okay we, we fucking got caught off guard there like how do we respond to that um, what's the importance of vision in being able to uh, to keep going forwards. Because what I mean by that is some people do start out, whether it's training, business, whatever, where they've got a chip on the shoulder going to prove people wrong. And it's quite dark energy. It's almost like an aggression, isn't it? It's like, fucking watch this. And you get to a point, you realize, right, well, we've superseded their expectations. People are now have patterns on the back. Fucking hell, and the people can tend to kind of regress from that and, and they need to be in pain in order to, to fucking work. So what's the importance of you continuing to stretch that vision to keep you moving into into space? I think in its simplest form, it comes down to why are you doing
1: something and why are you so passionate? And it's a very good point that you raise there because I've seen that happen, again, on Selection Process and Business and Friends and people that do training program Jiu-Jitsu and all these kind of things where you start with the right intentions and you have a fire in your belly and it's, and it's purposeful and it's brilliant. Mm. But you can only feed on dark energy for so long before it, can it consumes you, you and it yeah. burns you out, it mm. burns you out. And then you have to be clever and then you have to sort of start thinking about things logically and strategically and why you're doing it and everything else. And, you know, um, I think if your intentions are true and you think like me and Louis are fucking, you know, we might not agree on everything, but we know that where we want to take through that mm. and that is unwavering, you know, mm. that... That quality and attention to product and to brand is unwavering. And we've got that fucking, that's as far as we can see into mm. the future. You know, and it doesn't, we know it doesn't matter what happens day to day or week to week or if something's not right or this isn't, we fucking solutionize and we fix it mm. because we want it to be a success. We've we've put everything into this, like physically, emotionally, mentally, you know, money, everything. And, and we're, we are... We're all chips in mm. and we know we're doing it for the right reasons and also when you've got other people relying on you and i'm pointing again up to the office it's not just you two anymore mm. so from a business perspective you know i got people that have their revenue and, and livelihoods that are relying on you performing and turning up every day and doing what you said you were going to do and i think there's a lot of there's there is with that with that sort of um pressure i think there's good to be had with that. I think mm. putting yourself in, into that sort of sphere of pressure and understanding that it's not just you and you've got other people relying on you, mm. that get that fucking that motivates me. You it absolutely purpose. motivates me and it's the same um, on my personal life as well my missus, you know, my wife, my kids, little little, little kids running around there. that mm. motivates me. I can't just sit on my ass and do nothing. I, mm. That's going to be no, that's going to value add nothing to mm. me or to
0: to my family that are relying on me. 100% is zooming out and realising it's bigger than you now yeah. and again, a lot of people shy away from it early on in business. I did, like, put my hands up, like, a few years ago about hiring team, because, like, well, now I've got to actually... I've got to make this work. Um, and it's an incredibly empowering moment when you realise you can be the reason that someone gets their dream job. You can be the reason they go for a party on a Friday night because they got the promotion, they got the thing. Mm. Or you can be the reason they're like, fucking exit it here, I hate my life. Like, yeah. and you have that power, you have that responsibility to make or break someone's will and future, um, which is a point that's not touched on often enough, so really glad you raised that, because I think that's very powerful about... The vision is bigger than just you. Yeah, and you... And you have to be that
1: person that flies that flag, you know, and it's the, who's the guy who said uh, four E's and one P about the energy, energise and and all that kind of stuff. And Tommy uh, talks about it quite a lot. And you have to bring that to the party. You have to be full of energy and, and be uh, positive and, and inspire people
0: to do better. And, but that leads from, it's not false either. You can't, mm. because people see straight through that shit. And We've you all get been around those people. You get knackered. If you try it for like two or three days of being Mr. Happy, because I'm not that guy. Yeah. No matter how much I might want to be, mm-hmm. I'm not that fucking guy. I exude a different type of energy, like maybe similar to yourself. And it just fucking burns you out. And then people become somewhat different. It's like, hold on, you're not who you were three days ago. Like, you were fucking Mr. Happy-Go-Lucky. Now you've just fucking kicked the cat. What's going yes. on there? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. No, yeah. exactly. And you, this whole fake it till you make it will only get you so far.
1: Mm. And then, it, you know, you can't do I think this is why a lot of businesses fail after maybe a year, two years, or they run out of cash. But also, it's not something that they're fully invested in, and they don't mm. actually believe it themselves. And, mm. you know, and the testament to good businesses are the ones that have been there for a while that are working that are profitable because it's, it's done for the right reasons and I think once you hit for us a big marker was this five years point you know mm. obviously the first two years are the big ones mm. and you're fucking mean, you're out the gates and you're just you know you're solutionizing, you're putting out fires you're spinning plates all the usual stuff but actually when you get a business that starts establishing then you start growing mm. you then get to about year five and you think actually this is now really working mm. and it's about with the foundations have laid everything's set
0: right how do we now take this to the next level Mm. and it's weird isn't it because I mean i'm nowhere near to the same level but it almost feels like it's re-energizing even those five years of graph gone in it feels like you've just arrived at the start line we, we actually <laughs> mentioned that the other day we started and, and it's about investment you know
1: we've had we've been incredibly fortunate with with our founding investor steve clark and a good friend of ours so he's backed us from the very beginning and we've just done a second round of investment with some other people that have jumped in, in as well um and uh, another investor alan barrett from grenade yeah who's uh, got very successful a really good uh, friend as well um, and we talked about that, you know, you, at those points, and we're looking at even more potential, more investment as well in the, mm. in the near future with something that's, that, that could be potentially very big and, and, and huge. But, you know, and Chris, our new CEO, he, he, he actually said that and raised that point about, you know, yeah, you might be five, six years in mm. and you deserve that recognition. That's fine. He said, but as soon as somebody else comes in, investment, they're like, ah, day one. Yeah. Let's go. And yeah. it's like, shit. You can't go, whoa, whoa, whoa wait a minute. Look, well, look what we've done. They're yeah. you know, do- <laughs> like, I don't, yeah. don't fucking care about that. It's now about
0: moving in mm. this direction day one setting up let's fucking let's mm. let's pump it and i love that phrase as well i've heard in a few books like no one here gives a fuck who you used to be yeah and you can't rest on your long, yes. long. It's like, well, you've got to keep yeah. proving it. you're only as good as your last event your last yeah. race your last fight your last whatever it is yeah. you've got to turn up and you've got to have the stones and that kind of leads me on to a re- a chapter i really enjoyed and i really even like the title of it which was armor of daily habits i just yeah. like the word the armor of daily habits because it protects you from so fucking much yeah so talk to me about your daily habits and how integ- integral they were for you performing at the levels required to get a business like this off the ground? Well, that's a good question. Before,
1: when I was in the military and special forces in particular, I had to be, let's take physical fitness and robustness as an example. I had to be physically fit and robust to perform and execute my job to a very high standard. The requirement was there. The, the, the risk and the need, not just to myself, but to those that were around me and, and um, um uh, that, that needed me to be up to up to par. That that was there always at the forefront of my mind. So right. I, that would motivate me to train. It would ma- it would make me go to the gym every day. And you had to train, do all this kind of stuff. And I would I would keep on top of that in terms of shooting down the down the range, because I knew I had to be that re- that had to be at that required standard. Mm. Um, for me, those daily habits, then they compound, you know, again, it's about laying yourself up, physical, mental. What do I do? I need to be fit, I need to be good at swimming, good at running, I need to lift heavy, I need to be able to shoot, I need to be able to think clearly, uh, all this kind of stuff. My kit needs to be all good to go all the time. I need to be sure that I'm 100% happy with my roles and responsibilities, the missions, what everybody else is doing, all this kind of stuff. And and then I left the fucking military.
0: Mm. And, and all, all that like, construct
1: hey. goes you're like, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, but also I now didn't have the external, Um,
0: almost pressure from having to be at that level. It's not that forced accountability. It's like, well, if I I slack off, no one dies, fuck it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, shit, but because I'd already set myself up for this and I knew that it wasn't, an I didn't want to negotiate with myself. And I still, we, we all do it, you know. You fucking snooze button. I'm a bit tired today. Do I train? Do I, and we all that fucking mm. little brain comes out, and pops up, and mm. you don't need to train stats today. You're all right. You trained mm. yesterday. You you've trained mm. all week. Take a day off. You mm. know, don't don't need to do it. Your neck's hurting. This is hurting. Mm. Fucking <laughs> oh fuck! You know, but it's mad, isn't it? What mm. the brain does, and then yeah. you have to. If I relied solely on listening or trying to motivate myself at fucking six in the morning to get out mm-hmm. of bed it's cold it's miserable it's fucking raining it's you know it's november it's you you you're not going to you're not going to win that battle mm-hmm. I mean, it's so a fucking warm have, in bed and misses is there like fucking yeah. so this armor of daily habits is that's 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 doesn't that's not, it doesn't even come into it. You know, it's not a negotiation. It is a, well, I'm doing it. Because yeah. one, I've written it down, it's in my diary. Mm. I train between these times. I've also got people turning up and relying on me turning up. Mm. And I've got high expectations of myself. And mm. that's where I'm gonna be at that time in this dress doing jiu-jitsu or I'm training in the gym or I'm going for a run and mm. I'm having a C-dip and that's what I'm doing, mm. you know, and I'll do it in this order. And it's like those those little habits and daily things that we do, whether it's, you know, you're reading or you're uh, listening to a podcast, whatever you want to do, diet, food, whatever it is, mm. stick to mm. it and compound it over time, have a huge, huge effect. And mm. it's, I was laughing again the other day to Gary, we were training in here, it was just me, him and, and Tommy, and we're all just there and we're all doing our own kind of workout, but working out together. Mm. And I sort of laughed and I went, fuck it, it's, it's pretty fucking boring, this, isn't it? And they were just laughing and going, yeah. And I said, but you know what's brilliant? We, we, we still, You still turn up and do it, don't mm. you? You still turn up and do it because it's part of your routine and your habits. Mm. And it's that daily habit and routine. And if you can deal with the monotony and the boredom, you know, that's part of it. Mm. That's the, for me, probably one of the hardest bits about training. And it's... And again, I think I've heard Lloyd, other people talk about it in jiu-jitsu terms. It's not necessarily the strongest or the most technically skilled people that are there at the end. It's the people that keep turning up. Yeah, it's not about who's best. It's who's left. It's who's left. Yeah, not. Yeah. I love that. It's not who's best. It's who's left. I'm yeah. gonna, I'm gonna nick that as my own. But, but there is. It's, it's probably not mine. That. It's definitely not mine. in fact. yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just
0: claim it. I'll just spin it off as my own. <laughs> yeah,
1: but it, but it's like that on selection, you know. As well, it's like fucking looking around. But if you're there at the end, you're in with a chance, you mm-hmm. know. And you build up those those habits and those those
0: small. Sometimes might seem small and insignificant but compounded together actually have huge huge results and I try and communicate that so much to, uh, to to newly established business founders and even more established business founders who are like maybe having challenges with how they're turning up their new growth models visions etc is that like, well you are the engine that drives everything because if we were to run the experiment of implanting like an alternate universe and it wasn't you but it was the inverse of you and it wasn't Louis, and the inverse yeah. of Louie like this business wouldn't be where it is if, you yeah. wouldn't have got off the ground it'd be one of those, those companies that did a few t-shirts and goes under
1: well fuck the, I can take it back to day one we, you know, we're in the office we're in my front room but once we moved to the office locally here me and Louis, in a small fucking office half the size of this shipping container mm. and we had a couple of shelves up not much product and one computer we were sharing at the time <laughs> and if we decide, well, hey, do you know what, we ain't got a lot of stuff going on. Not many sales. I'm not going to turn up today. Mm. It's like no, 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 no. We both turn up early. We've all trained, and we're there on station talking about brand and product all day, as mm. for as long as we can,
0: mm. you know.
1: And it's about planning and preparation and turning up again with that positive mindset, that energy that you need, and the passion, and the purpose every day we did that and we've been doing that
0: every day for the last six years mm.
1: and that doesn't change
0: and if you, if you weren't training your body in that way if you weren't fucking maintaining those high personal standards the daily of the armour of daily habits then that couldn't happen because your bodies that move want to move bodies yeah. at rest are like yeah I'm fucking pretty chill like I'm just going to go into mom It's mode not, it's not for everyone but don't be overwhelmed by it either mm. you know with,
1: there are times on selection where I had to break it down fucking minute by minute mm. you know and I couldn't look further I couldn't look past my nose sometimes. I was a mm. snotty mess and mm. just trying to literally get step by step by step. I'll just get to the top of this hill, see how I'm feeling. Mm. I feel all right. I'll just have some fucking water. I'll have a bit of nutty. Right. I'll crack on to the next checkpoint, see if I can make that. Mm. And then you break it down, break it down. Start rather than just, just a lot of people go, fucking business. They do all this initial battle prep. They look at everything, the whiteboard, there's information everywhere and it's overload and mm. it's paralysis again by analysis. And, ah, oh, fuck it. Yeah. I'm not going to do it. I'm just going to crack on with what, what I'm doing. And it's like, no, 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 no. Mm. You do have to zoom out, but then zoom in Mm. and go, what do I need to do today Mm. to enable success for tomorrow? That my tomorrow will thank me
0: for, and that's it. And then just keep doing that. 100%, 100, percent and that, that's kind of a nice segue onto that chapter you wrote about controllables. Um, we have a saying inside the program: "Stop what stops you." Mm. So, like, there's going to be limitations, there's going to be things, but you have to stop if the habits, the thought processes, the beliefs, all that shit that's going to stop you. Fucking stop doing it because that's one thing that's inside your controllable variable. Um, up to and including obviously with yourselves, is making sure you're regulating that ego. You're not letting that run away of you, not getting complacent, being like, mm. oh, "We're fucking made it now. We're balling." Like, let's just just chill out and not keep innovating and pushing the product forwards. Yeah. Um, so moving on to that, kind of inversely, you spoke about uh, medals off of mothers. Mm. And uh, essentially you need to keep your head in the game and you don't rest on your laurels and become complacent. Talk to me about that and how, it, how important it is for you to keep keep grounded, but also, you know, acknowledge what it is you have achieved and what successes you have created so far. Yeah, it's difficult, and, and
1: the medals in particular is a weird one, isn't it? And and it's it, it's clearly aligned to my time in the military. But mm. you know, people do receive medals or acknowledgements or. Um that's a word I'm looking for in a business setting. It's uh, it's, a it's fucking a, well yeah. done. It's yeah. a well done or oh, here's an employee of the month award or something mm. to those effects. So although they're not medals pinned on your chest in a business setting, we do that here as well, and they're important goals to try and strive towards to enable you to be better every day. Because mm. um, otherwise, what's the fucking point? Um, but when you join the military, you don't join for medals, and mm. you're certainly not going out on operations wanting medals or hoping that you get medals. It's not that kind of thing. I know what I get, you know, you know what you're signing up for, and especially in Special Forces as well. And it's kind of weird receiving physical medals. I got the, you know, Conspicuous Gallantry Cross for uh, combat actions in 2013 in Afghanistan for bravery. And that's on the battlefield. That's fighting the enemy, blah, blah, blah. And... You know, you have that element of pride, but it's really weird receiving a medal, mm. and you get that weird, or maybe it's just because we're British—I don't know—but you get that awful feeling British of British is uh, like, nope, nope, sorry, no, sorry, nope, no. sorry. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you do have that moment, oh, and then, and then you start worrying about what well, everyone else will think. Oh, do people think I'm deserving of it? And mm. should I have got it? And what about everybody else? They're doing the same, mm. and they've done stuff, and but they've not been recognised. And then mm. you just stop, fucking stop, stop, stop. Mm. Take it for what it is. Um, acknowledge it. Be grateful for it. Be mm. thankful. And then move on. Mm. But what you could do, or what I could have certainly done in my time was I've got a fucking you know, I've got this medal and, it, and, and it's, it's quite high up, it's quite prestigious. I could turn back up at work and go, oh, it's fucking me. I've completed mm. it. You know, <laughs> fucking look, look at me. and, yes, and I've completed uh, yeah, it. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and swag around. And, yeah. But it's like, the fucking train's moving. Nobody gives a fuck. You mm. know, people will congratulate them. Well done. That's fucking brilliant. That's amazing. Mm. Anyway, let's move on. Let's crack on. And if you can't get your head around that, you'll get warped up by your own self-ego and it'll mm. just fucking wrap you up and take you down the fucking wrong path. And, you know, for me, it was like, I've got to prove myself even more now. I've mm. got to prove. And that's how I used it in terms of that. So that, that sort of saying, medals, that are from mothers And it is, it's a part of the for other people to be proud of and recognize. And mm. take the moment to recognize it, but don't let it fucking pull you down into a false sense of security. And the same is with jiu jitsu, isn't it? It's that say mm. That saying, you know, it, it's only two inches, you know, a belt, uh, you know, that covers your arse. You've got to cover that, you know, cover the rest. Mm. Completely
0: fuck that saying up. But it's <laughs> around yeah. that, isn't it? I get what I mean. Yeah. Do you yeah, know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. That, that belt there, whatever color it is, mm. it's just a belt. You know, so you I have someone suit. asked John Danaher the other day. Uh, on a podcast, how do you get? Uh, how hard is it to get a black belt? And he was like, "It's fucking really easy." I see, yeah. that. I see He's well, like, yeah. "It's really easy." He's like, I know so many terrible black belts who so are basically shit houses. Mm. Like, be obsessed with how good you are, yeah, and that will take care of itself. Rather than just working to get a black belt and then being like, "I'm Billy really Big One's got a black belt and then getting fucking absolutely stowed in by like a, a competitive and athletic blue belt. Yeah, like, it happens. And that's what I was doing in the range. I was like, mm. "I'm going to work even harder." Go got the right, make sure my shooting and my soldier, everything
1: is fucking to the point, so that people can't go, "He has rested on his laurels." And Mm. that's but that's good. Use that use that as fuel, I Mm. think, to motivate yourself to be better and to keep continuing to push to be better and it's Mm. the same in business as well. Don't hit a milestone and go, Fuck it, we've done it. We've done one million pounds in revenue. And you go, that's it. (laughs) We're fucking done. I remember saying to Louis back in the day, the first office we were in, uh, fucking day two Mm. of, you know, uh, just joking about it. I was going, I said to him, I was like, Louis, if we ever do a million pound revenue, I'll do a backflip off this fucking table. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Because you just think it's so unachievable. Mm. At the time, you're like, fucking never going to do that because we've got three jackets, a couple of t shirts, and some baseball caps, Mm. you know, and the revenue is so low. And Mm. you're like, that's never going to happen. You know, then you hit it, and you. Fuck, uh, I can't do a backflip. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably why I've got a bad neck. Next, fuck, yeah. No, but 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 you, you know you have to layer those things on and, and, and aim towards those things as well. Yeah. But understand them,
0: take them for what they are. It's a result. Mm. It's brilliant but Also, then move forward and continue with the mission and crack on. 100%. So, it's, it's the inverse of like you know, people get sad, frustrated, whatever. Give yourself a window of opportunity to sit with that emotion, express it, don't fucking compress yeah. it. Yeah. And the same with success, we do see a lot of guys who get real success guilt, you know, have created incredible things in business, personally, athletically, yeah. and they don't fucking say it, celebrate it, acknowledge it because they think everyone around is going to be like, you, Who do you think you are? fucking Billy Big Ones, <laughs> and it's like, mate, you've earned it. Like, give yeah. yourself a fucking pat on the back, yeah. just yeah. don't keep patting yourself, like, fucking sit yeah. with that. Um, and it's really interesting kind of social experiment I recently celebrated a success put on Instagram fuck me it was there was a, a clear divide between how people receive that and not like you said most yeah. of it's probably us being British but yeah. Um, and then as I got to the end of the book what I really 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 liked was as you spoke about a lot of I'm going to use the word self-development books for want of a better phrase you know starts out fucking strong kind of tapers because they've probably got an amount of pages they need to hit to satisfy the publishing house and then it just f- sort of fucking peters out so you're getting, people get a surge of motivation and then don't really do anything with it your book is the total fucking polar opposite it closes with right now you know all this stuff probably heavily inspired but here's the thing that you need to be super aware of and that's doing the fucking work mm-hmm. to what extent has just you know white knuckling it been it been pivotal in what you've created
1: yeah, I guess for me, you know, I, I didn't want it to be like that either. I, it wasn't, I just didn't want to do, here's a cool story. Mm. Uh, look how good I am. Yeah. I, <laughs> there fucking, are yeah. plenty of them books, mate. There yeah, are plenty. I, it yeah. was more about how do we now wrap all this up, like you've just very well sort of summarised. And then... Okay, what do we do now and how do you action that? Mm. And and the, again it's not everything, but if you can pick parts and elements of the book or certain chapters that really stick or resonate with you, mm. maybe you can apply them into your life or your business or, or your social personal life mm. as well and,
0: and social because I often say both to my clients and on online knowledge is not power, implementation is. Yes. Like if you yeah. take one thing and you implement it I remember the first ever business course I did, right? It was an eight week course. I never finished it because I implemented so hard in the first three weeks. I no longer had the time because I had such an influx of new customers. I was like, I I haven't got time to fucking worry about that anymore because implementation was the key. Yeah. And we all know that person as well. We've been surrounded by those people that have got this fucking idea. Business and it's like- I say to people, fucking fucking beware the person who's always got new ideas and plans. You mentioned boredom earlier and I was going to pick it up but it's just come back to my memory of when you were training about the fact that it is fucking boring like boring is a double-edged sword. It's both a superpower and it's an indicator that a, a plan is successfully being followed and adhered to because fires don't need put out. But it's also the biggest risk to business owners and professional guys because people do not silly things when they're bored. Mm. People get into all sorts of fucking mischief and you probably yeah. know people. Yeah. yeah. Might have even been us at a younger age as well fucking yeah. doing silly things because, you know, the devil makes work for idle hands. Mm but with all that being said mate I thoroughly enjoyed it I know a lot of people will, will enjoy it as well do you think you'll ever write another do you think that would be on the cards? I'm doing a fucking colouring book next time mate <laughs> um,
1: uh, no I think the process was great I really enjoyed it and I'm, I'm super happy with, with how the book has turned out as well I really mm. am and I think um, I think it will help and add value to a lot of people mm. um, you know I had to go through the process of disclosure which you know you and I
0: spoke about it last time we were here I don't know if it was online or not
1: yeah but, so the, you know the security seller in London obviously anything that we push out you know has to go through these balances and checks and rightly so as well, you know, because a lot of it is is in the national interest and security for the lads that are currently still serving and something that, you know, I absolutely want to back and get behind as well but Mm. it's a long process as well and one that you work with them, you know, uh, it's it's kind of in collaboration but it takes so long, you know, Mm. and... Those things in there and stuff that's amended or tweaked and changed. I actually had the opposite. It wasn't me going, shit. I've got to make 370 pages. It's fucking. We need to take some some stuff out here, you know. Uh, but also make it as, as short and sharp and to the point as possible. I enjoyed it, mate. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was quite um, cathartic, nostalgic, you know, going back through those memories as well and sort of seeing how I felt about that and, mm. and actually what I thought about certain parts as well and and things that I've done. It was it was a really good process, mate. Would I write another one? Yeah, probably, but do something slightly differently, and mm. it, and I think that might be um, tailored around just you know the business as well and success. But I think I've had a lot of people asking more about the autobiography side and the younger life and other things that have mm. happened in stories. I, I don't know,
0: mate. We'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah, awesome. So one thing I did say to people who follow the page is that I'd give them the opportunity to ask you a couple of questions. So what I'll do is we'll grab some questions, and you're right to do. We'll pick the best three and yeah. do some quick fire questions. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, right, cool, right? I'm fine. Go for it. Will there ever be a boy born that can swim faster than a yeah. shark? Can he do it on a Thursday night in Stoke? <laughs> <laughs> can he do it with a burger on his back? Uh, Only just. Say, right, fucking... I actually haven't been through these, so we'll see what the crack is. Um, buh, buh, buh. What questions have we got? Uh, I'll tell you what, I'll give you a look in and you can decide which one who are oh, on you... Oh, you pick mate. No, you pick. Go on. Cool. Cool. Um, do you have a go-to mental response if things are going south or rapidly? Yeah, generally scream. <laughs> no, it <laughs> depends, and, and we're all human as well. And it's that chimp
1: paradoxing, isn't it? The chimp brain, and, and which we're mm-hmm. all guilty of. But it's about about awareness. You know, uh, literally today, someone cuts you up, and you go back in the car. Mm-hmm. It's an immediate, uh, natural, um, autonomous response, almost, of mm-hmm. chimp brain. back. and then yeah. you go, you oh, know, yeah, I sort of laugh at myself. Like, what mm-hmm. am I doing? But yeah, generally speaking, it's back to controlling the controllables in terms of uh, what we sort of slightly touched on. And it's about how can I affect the current situation? Is it going to have a long-term effect? Am I going to worry about this in ten minutes, ten hours, ten days, fucking ten years? You know and that will then determine on, in terms of my response to things as well, mm. clearly some things that happen that are fucking horrendous, that mm. need that level of attention. And, and, you know, it'll justify its own response. But general day to day, if things are going south, it is pull back from the corn fire, right, assess it. Worries the misuse of imagination? Can I actually affect what's going on right now? If I can't, mm. it's rolling out and um, let's fucking, let's see where this where this merry-go-round takes us, you mm. know. and. There's elements of that. So it really does depend on what that, what is the issue? Is it business? Is it it personal? And things happen all the time. And it's about stress responses, about putting yourself in situations and and dealing with difficult situations. But if you, it's like your body as well. If your body's prepared physically, and people used to say this when, when I didn't train here, I trained in, a, in a, a local gym, and people would come up to me and be like, "What?" Like the instructors are going, "What are you training for?" And I'd be like, mm. "What the fuck do you mean?" They're like, "You know, are you training for an event or something or something?" I'm just fucking training, you know. Because I'm keeping myself fucking sharp. I want to mm. keep fit and active and strong, mm. and, and mentally as well. You should be the same. If you're not dedicating the same amount of time to keeping yourself as mentally fit and flexible mm. and robust as possible, then that, all that means it, it all means nothing it stands for nothing is at mm. the moment that a bit of hardship or adversity happens that you just fucking crumble and flex then mm. you haven't really you, you haven't really built yourself up it's like looking at a statue that you know you fucking you tap in it, it all just fucking cracks there's yeah. no strength to it and I think that's comes down to mental um sort of training and cognitive training as well and, and physical and uh, and everything else as well so yeah 100
0: um I really like you said the, the misuse of imagination there because all mm. the worrying is it's like imagine if it goes right instead of worrying if it's going to go wrong. How like, many times have the things that you worry about actually happened? Never fucking It's, man, yeah. it's the, As a percentage, it's mm. fucking hell, probably one, two percent of the things and, and that you worry about actually happened. The second thing you said there was actually fucking training the mind, like the amount of the volume of people I speak to who don't even train the most simplistic of mental skills, like problem identification. Mm. Like, especially in people that are knowledge-based workers and solve problems for a living for a six-figure salary, and they don't train the ability to identify, clearly identify the problem, and then begin to iterate solutions, and then fucking war game that, and then implement it. Maybe, but Yeah, it's the same in like life and business, and I touched on there, and it, it, it's not because
1: we're all fucking geniuses, you know? It's about solutions. It's training. It's, and every day you're gonna be f- faced with different problems Mm. and it's all about solutions. Some days the fucking problems are bigger than others, Mm. you know, and they need a bigger solution or Mm. more thought or cognitive load into those. But for the most part, you're just solutions, solutions Mm. constantly. And if you can't
0: solutionize, sometimes you've got to have that level of, it is what it is and Mm. and off we go. Just zoom out and be like, right, well, I can't, I can't impact this. Yeah. Fuck, I need to go for a walk. Yeah. And when you come back, it's never as bad as you thought it was 10 minutes ago. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes, maybe guess it is, but (laughs) rarely is it. Yeah. Um, Second one is, I actually really like this question because I, kind of grew up in the absence of like a strong father figure or like male role model so I really like this question for you um your views on helping young boys become men yeah, a fucking great question and, and something that I feel
1: quite passionate about as well. You know, um, my personal situation growing up as well was, was different. It wasn't the norm. I was raised by my grandparents, mm-hmm. you know, so you have that sort of generational difference in, uh, in terms of values and, and everything and beliefs. And at the time, didn't realise it being a young kid, you know, lost my mum at a young age. My grandparents are raising me. I've got an old dude, you know, who's, who's now stepping in and acting as, as my dad and not really understanding like ah, this guy, he's just fucking his old school of values and you sort of resist and there's a bit of friction against it and I don't want to do this and what I don't fucking get it. And, you know, he had real, but what an in, what an incredible man, you know, my granddad is um, and the kind of things that he set, set up and put in place for me at the time, you don't understand it mm. because you can't understand it. You just want to play and fuck about. <laughs> yeah, um, but you know, I've now, I'm now seeing and feeling with the benefit of hindsight and looking back and going, you know, shit. Look at actually look at the things and the values and everything else that I have now and what it's enla- enabled me and allowed me to do mm-hmm. was absolutely facilitated by him and him helping me mm-hmm. to become a young man and then move into it being a man as well. And but it's, it, for me, it comes down to ownership again. It's like the Jocko, extreme ownership about who do you want to be, why do you want to be, you know, the type of person you want to be. And I've got you know my eldest at the minute, Lucas, sort of struggling to find his feet at school and everything else like that. And you have to have these conversations with them mm-hmm. as much as you know it's this that frontal cortex of the brain's not developed. And mm-hmm. I now I'm now having the conversations that my granddad was having with me when I was his age, Mm. trying to get this message across, but understanding that, you know, ultimately, because you you know you're invested in it. And people that say fucking parenting is easy um, are are people that don't give a fuck Mm. about being a parent or their kids. It's supposed to be hard because Mm. you're invested and you want them to be the best version of, 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 of everything that they can be. But, you know, young boys, men, there's a fucking huge problem, a really, really big issue at the moment, and it needs addressing, it needs looking at. And I don't have all the answers, but I think if you look at sort of basic things in terms of of fitness, of giving them a purpose and a passion, something to strive towards, valiantly towards, allow them to fail, don't wrap them up in cotton, allow them to, you know... Um, uh, not hurt themselves but just push the boundaries mm. stop being fucking helicopter parents stop stop, stopping them going out and exploring and being mm. the people that they want to be let them explore let them mess up mm. just support them you know and I think that's really important for young young boys to then develop into, mm. into becoming young men as well give them responsibility you know and allow them to fuck up you know you have to and I think that's sort of we're moving away from this aren't we in mm. terms of social media and, and look at this and everything's easy I can be a fucking YouTuber I can do this and mm it well good could look with that you know I mean, you look at that as a percentage of people that are actually successful or are YouTubers I'm not saying it's impossible but fuck me just think about mm. it maybe it's an aspiration identity yeah, it is, yeah yeah and it's it's a lot of times because they just don't want to put in the fucking hard work and mm. one of the first things it rightly or wrongly to my you know kids and Luke's in particular I'm you know at the conversation like, mate life's hard you've got to mm. look your kid in the eye and say life is hard and it's very difficult mm. and you're going to have a Difficult time moving through and navigating life, and trying to find out who you are and what you're about and what you're passionate about and what you want to be involved in, mm-hmm. and that's down to you and it's up to you. And there's a responsibility issue and an element of this as well, where mm-hmm. I can only guide and tell you as much as I can. And I think Johnny Payne mentioned about the bow. We mm-hmm. are the bow, and I'm set up. And once you the fucking arrow is released, and you, you do as best you can to fucking aim and make sure it's going heading in the right direction, and you set it up for success, and everything's correct. But the bow, you know, the bow is released. The, rele- uh, the arrow is released from the bow, and ultimately they've got to make their decisions there Mm. and we've all come we've all been through that element as well as being kids and knowing and understanding that your decisions ultimately are your decisions Mm. and you have to have an element of of responsibility there as well Mm. so do things that interest you, that you're passionate about, that keep you fit and healthy. Get outside, do as much stuff as you can, mm-hmm. and, and, and
0: challenge yourself that's as well. And fucking lead by example. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, Yeah. great answer to that, mate. I, actually, um, I was fortunate to be on a podcast with a guy called Matt Baudreau, who owns the uh, Apogee Schools in America. Mm-hmm. And that's a lot of what he uh, communicates. Again, similar to Tim Kennedy, is like, well, do hard things yourself. And... Install them with principles and a purpose and some values, so they can make informed decisions at crunch time. Yeah, um, and another one with that
1: as well, just just to sort of round off is is the, the lead by example part that you you said.
0: And mm-hmm. children are great imitators.
1: Mm-hmm. They don't. Well, just... literally
0: have parts of the brain called mirror neurons. Oh. You'd even see it if like if you if you have a shower in front of a chimp, it will start copying like what you were doing. The kids, yeah. the kids, I'm they not do calling a exactly kid's chimp. do the kids chimps, same but... thing. And I'm conscious yeah. of it. I don't mm. sit, trying to sit there on my phone while my kids are trying to interact with me and talk to me because they fucking see that that's normal. Mm. That I can't, that, well, what that they're I'm learning, not looking at people. The, then. the script they're learning that moment is, okay, like, that whatever that is in Dad's hand is I more that, important is, than me and oh, i want one of them it's more important than me yeah. he doesn't look at me when he talks to me mm. like he's
1: not engaged with me there's so much stuff that people are losing in terms of how you interact and talk to people when you engage with people in the eyes and everything and how you these little subtle nuances of interaction and talking and communicating with people it's fucking important mm. you know they start to lose that but then when they come in and they see me I'm not, when i come in i can't bring them in every day into work obviously they're into school but i'm up early get up i show them that i tell them like i'm going to work but I'm going to train before. And let mm. Albie now, he's understanding he's just started Jiu-Jitsu. So I'm like, because he wanted to. And mm. I'm like, Albie, morning, you know, get him, bring him up bring him up a bit of toast and all that sort of stuff. And I'm like, uh, Daddy's going to work. I'm going to go and train Jiu-Jitsu though first and do some ninja stuff. And then mm. I go to work. So mm. he's, in his head, he's like, oh, just Daddy gets up. He goes to train. He goes to the gym. Or, oh, I'm going for a run. And then I'm going to go jump in the sea. It's going to be freezing. I'll tell you how cold it is. So mm. they know. Mm. And then when I can, I'll bring them and show them. So they come in. So it reinforces that. That that storytelling of this is what I'm doing, but actually on a Saturday, I'll be coming with me running down the beach. He'll, sh- he'll, sh- he'll see me running to the sea, or down in here in the gym, or doing jiu jitsu. They get to see that, and they go, oh, that's what I want to do. I want to be." Because most kids want to be like that. I want to yeah. be like my own man. So mm-hmm. what do I need to do to be like him? And yeah, and, and
0: inversely, most dads want to be want to be that dad. They want to be Superman.
1: Yeah, so yeah. be it. So don't let them down. It's a big responsibility.
0: Yeah. Um, so there's a few questions here, sort of about uh, military experience and stuff. I'll try and find a bit of a lighter hearted one. Um, ba, 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 ba. What do you do to try and reach the same buzz that you once got in your military days? That That's oh, a yeah. few times.
1: It's uh, That's a fucking good question, isn't it? And, um, what's this? Ernest Hemingway, isn't it? Once, you know, once you've um, had that taste and that feeling of hunting another man, there's no other feeling like <laughs> it. And I think you have to, you have to understand that because mm. you do. When you leave, it's very different. Me and Louis both went through it. You fucking, you're chasing different stuff and different dragons, and I want that same buzz and that same fix. And ultimately, you fucking can't. And I mm. think a lot of people do stuff, and but it's extreme sports and parachuting still. But it's never the fucking same. Mm. It is not the same, and you're never going to have that feeling and that sense of you know, that heightened sense of awareness that are right at the top of fuck, I could be shot, I could be killed here and that, that to have that feeling of that buzz, it, it's 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 a madness. It's crazy. Mm. And um, I've never had I've never been on crack or heroin, but that must be a good crack as well because you or a good buzz because you don't even need a house on that stuff, do you? Yeah. So you lose everything. You know, you rob your yeah. nan for that stuff. That's how good that is. And I think You have to understand that and and just focus on what's important to you and Mm. for me it's training being physically fit family business purpose passion and all that kind of stuff as well and Mm. you you know you have to just let it go you know it's and that's where i think a lot of people that from professional sports struggle as well football Mm. and and rugby and all these guys you know they you, you go through a couple of hard years of transition of I've just got to let this, let this slide. And and it's harder for some people than it is for others. When I left the military, it was on my terms. It was on my decision, my choosing. And it's um, it's difficult then if you've probably had the rug pulled from you and you're, you've been a professional or you've been in the military. And yeah, you can't do that anymore. Your mm. dream job's gone. And it, then probably you, it's it, that identity and everything else, that, that loss is
0: probably felt a lot Because you, you probably than I did. weren't ready to uh, surrender yeah. that identity yet. Exactly, yeah. Mm. Whereas arguably maybe you'd started tucking that up before then you moved away from it. It's like you know, yeah. in a relationship when people say the relationship ended before it ended. Like they've yes. kind of started yeah, fucking yeah. getting yeah. used to that and then they, they've moved away from it. Yeah. Interesting, I was listening to Dan Carter. He was saying the exact same. Uh, he worked with a really good mental performance coach and he was like, right, it's going to take us four to six weeks for you to repurpose. Mm. And it took him like fucking seven months to be like, you're not a rugby player. Anymore, yeah, Um, and in that interim period, he was doing mad fucking challenges and throwing himself about the gaff, yeah. Um, so mate, I've enormously enjoyed this, I enormously enjoyed the book. I think a lot of people are going to take value from both. Um, just want to say thank you for coming on. Thank you for sharing so openly. Thank you for talking about all your experiences, both in the book and the podcast. I've enormously enjoyed it. Haven't even touched on fucking SAS Radio's Winds yet. I know we could do another episode on that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I literally yeah. completely forgot until about yesterday. As I I've not even written a question about that. <laughs> but that could probably be another feature-length uh, episode itself, and I'd love to hear about that. If you're going to give people one big takeaway from that experience, what would it be?
1: From the SAS, the Australia stuff. Yeah. I think it is... Um, Go and scratch the itch and go and do it. Because at times I was like, do I want to do it? Do I need to do it? Mm. all these kind of things. But um, again, there was, for me, I learned so much being Mm. around the guys again, being around and Ollie, Jay, and had a fucking incredible time where... Mm. Probably beforehand, you're like, I'm too busy, and the missus, I'm gonna be away, and Mm. should I do it, am I doing it for the right reasons? And then you do it, and you go, wow, what a fucking experience that was. So for me, the main takeaway is actually committing, again, leap of faith, and doing something that you could be, you're within your rights to feel uncomfortable about doing as well, and you have that imposter thing again, and should I do it, and can I do it, am I up to that level, and what will people think? And then you go, fucking stop, 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 stop. What's on the other
0: side? Go and do it, and go and get the fucking
1: experience, and, and make the most of it. Humans
0: are really good at installing so much logic, as the reasons why they shouldn't when emotionally you know you want to. Yeah. And then yeah. that just fucking eats away, eats away, eats away at you until you go and do it. And you know, certainly from my perspective, looking at the outside in, I guess a lot of listeners will be the same. The chemistry Quote unquote, not to make it romantic, but the chemistry between you lads is part of the reason I think that people come back and watching it, yeah. Um, just to see that and you know, follow behind the scenes and feel like they're a part of it was um, was good to watch, mate. So I'll pick your yeah, head about brilliant. that another time as well. But dude, thank you for today. It's been a pleasure, as it always is, coming down here and recording with yourself. Thank you very much, mate.
1: No, thank you, and, and again, just to echo your points, mate. It's uh, it's been great to know you in this short, sort of short period as well. I follow your journey. I think mm-hmm. you're um, incredibly authentic and genuine as well, and the stuff that you push out, that I use as well and look at and lean into in terms of you know the coaching, the technique and the mental aspect and stuff. So we need more people like you as well. So I'm always happy to to help and support and hopefully add value to people that are listening. Thank you, Appreciate it. Cheers, mate. Legend.